Hello guys, I welcome all of you to today's farmcast. Today I also will discuss five drugs of choice. Um, and I have covered most of the important monoclonal antibodies. And many students have requested to cover some G pharma aspect as well uh, in the farmcast. So I'll be covering drug absorption today from pharmacokinetics. And as usual guys, at last I'll discuss few queries or doubts asked by the students in the doubt section, right? So let's begin with our drug of choice first. As the first one today, so we are cruising in alphabet P, um, pseudomembranous enterocolitis. So guys, pseudomembranous enterocolitis is always a very important topic that is asked. And the drug of choice is vancomycin, right? Metronidazole is not the current drug of choice, right? Sometimes we can add metronidazole to vancomycin in case the patient is not responding, like in fulminant cases. But uh, only metro is not used nowadays. Now remember, if the patient is not responsive to vancomycin, we have few alternatives one is fidaxomycin and second is rifaximin so fidaxomycin and rifaximin these are reserved drugs used when the patient is not responding adequately to vancomycin and the second aspect in pseudomembranous enterocolitis is prophylaxis i've already discussed about a monoclonal antibody called as bezalotoxumab and bezalotoxumab is anti clostridium difficile toxin b antibody that is used for prevention of pseudomembranous enterocolitis a third aspect of pseudomembranous enterocolitis is uh, cause so which antibiotics are the most common cause guys the most common cause nowadays are third generation cephalosporins followed by amino penicillins like amoxy and ampicillin followed by fluoroquinolones followed by clindamycin so most common are the beta lactams like uh, ceftriaxone and amino penicillins and the cause is very simple the cause is because they are the most commonly used antibiotics nowadays right Moving on guys to next disorder, that is pseudotumor cerebri. So guys, pseudotumor cerebri or idiopathic intracranial hypertension, the drug of choice is acetazolamide, a carbonic anhydrase inhibitor. And why it is used? Because acetazolamide decreases CSF production. That is why it is help helpful in pseudotumor cerebri. Now coming to psoriasis. So guys, for mild psoriasis, we use oral retinoids are preferred. But if it is erythrodermic psoriasis or even psoriatic arthritis, then the drug of choice is methotrexate. For pustular psoriasis, we prefer acetratin. And remember acetratin, one important aspect they ask you is acetratin is uh, contraindicated in pregnancy. Now moving on to PSVT and SVT, right? Yes, paroxysmal supraventricular tachycardia, SVT supraventricular tachycardia. So the treatment of an acute attack is intravenous adenosine. So intravenous adenosine is the drug of choice for an acute attack of PSVT, SVT. For prophylaxis, for long-term management, prophylaxis, the drug of choice are beta blockers. And I have told you in my classes that whenever the arrhythmia originates from the atrium, like SVT, PSVT, our main aim is to prevent them from coming to the ventricle. And for that, we need to block the AV node, right? So these are the drugs of choice we have to discuss today and one more i had left that is pseudomonas right guys the last one for today is pseudomonas and remember see pseudomonas i had posted hd series as well recently and the drug of choice in pseudomonas is ceftazidime ceftazidime is the drug of choice if the patient does not respond to ceftazidime we add an aminoglycoside to ceftazidime 
Now, if the patient even does not respond to a combination of septazidine and aminoglycoside, we call it as a case of multi-drug resistant pseudomonas, and for that drug of choice is colistin, right? So, septazidine, no response, septazidine plus an aminoglycoside like gentamicin, no response, colistin, right? So, that's all in this section of drug of choice today, guys. Now, guys, as you had asked uh, to cover some part of G Pharma as well in the Pharmcast, so, right, so in the space of monoclonal antibody which i used to cover i've covered most important ones today we'll cover g pharma and today i have uh, chosen to cover uh, absorption drug absorption see guys drug absorption see whenever we give a drug by any route right drug absorption is an important aspect the only route by which absorption has nothing to do which route is that that is intravenous intravenous route because by intravenous route I directly give the drug into systemic circulation by any other route drug absorption uh, has an important role now one thing they can ask you which route with which route the absorption is most variable right it keeps on changing think by which route guys it is oral route oral route has the most variable absorption right the reason being the gastric acid and uh, the properties of the drug size of the drug now so whenever I give a drug by any route for absorption once one one important thing that is or in fact the most important thing that is required is lipid solubility why because lipid soluble drugs can be easily absorbed by passive diffusion so most common method of drug absorption is passive diffusion and for that i need the drug to be lipid soluble second there must be concentration gradient so passive diffusion two things are important lipid solubility and concentration gradient there is a third thing which is important and which is often overlooked and that is size of the drug so guys drugs which are very huge size they cannot be absorbed by oral route so it has very important implication so which are the drugs which are very huge size universally these are proteins so any drug which is a protein can never be given by oral route because of huge size it will not be absorbed for example um, any drug that ends with tide like octreotide, neseritide, teriparatide. So all these tied drugs, they are peptides. So they are given by either intravenous or subcutaneous route most commonly, right? So second, if a drug ends with MAP, means these are monoclonal antibodies. They are also proteins. They cannot, they cannot be given by oral route. So any MAP can never be given by oral route. So again, parenteral route is preferred. Third, any drug that ends with ASE, right? ASE, like uh, paglotecase, Rasburicase, aspaginase. So ASE means these drugs are enzymes and enzymes are what? Proteins. So even enzymes cannot be given by oral route. So they're also given by, mostly they're given by intravenous route enzymes, right? So that's the important aspect of drug absorption, guys. Now there is something related to absorption that is called as bioavailability, right? And bioavailability is the amount of unchanged drug that reaches to the systemic circulation. So how much drug reaches to systemic circulation? which is in unchanged form is your bioavailability and in your exams they ask you what are the two factors that determine how much would be the bioavailability guys these two factors are number one drug absorption number two first pass metabolism right so bioavailability depends upon how much drug is absorbed and second how much drug undergoes first pass metabolism second how do you calculate bioavailability Right, you calculate it by dividing the area under the curve by intravenous route by area under the curve by oral route. In other words, second thing they ask you, right, area under the curve, what does it mean for a drug? So area under the curve of a drug, it means what? Bioavailability. Third, 
which is the only route by which you achieve 100% bioavailability guys 100% bioavailability is achieved by only one route that is intravenous right so that was the section guys where we had to discuss some things so from tomorrow onwards i'll be discussing some part of g pharma as well in this farmcast as per your request right guys now let's move on to the last part of farmcast where i discuss some of your queries and uh, the first one today guys uh, it has been asked by ammu s is asking um sir what is the drug of choice for pulseless ventricular tachycardia so if it is a case of pulseless ventricular tachycardia um that means the rhythm is not shockable here right the rhythm is not shockable and in that case we'll go i mean uh, sorry the rhythm is not shockable here so here we will go for um epinephrine we can go for epinephrine and if it is shockable rhythm then we can go for dc shock and if you are asking me about anti arrhythmic drug then anti arrhythmic drug that can be used in a pulseless ventricular tachycardia um, amiodarone is the preferred drug guys amiodarone is the preferred drug so if you are asking me which is the anti uh, arrhythmic of choice in pulseless ventricular tachycardia your answer would be amiodarone all right uh, coming to the next doubt uh, which has been asked by arya so arya is asking sir over a period of time with advancing preparation with more knowledge gained there is a feeling of self doubt that um, do i still know enough how to tackle it cria such kind of doubts you will always have in your mind because you know medical science is a sea of knowledge right and you cannot engulf the whole sea so if you look at these coaching institutes faculties like me what is our aim right we cannot teach you a to z each and everything in a subject so what we do we focus upon those topics which are frequently asked and there is a reason to which why this uh, topics are frequently asked the reason being these disorders or diseases are much more commonly seen in our society and that is why they love to ask you like for example um if you talk about infectious diseases malaria is quite commonly seen dengue is commonly seen so they do ask you about malaria dengue but if i ask about onchocerciasis right river blindness it will not be commonly asked because it is seen in africa not in india so based upon that we prioritize which is more important for you right so we ha- we have to draw a line somewhere right drawing a line is also important because you cannot go on and on and on and accumulating information the reason being you need to accumulate information but then you need to revise it right and if if you are not able to adequately revise the content that you have studied then it is as good as not preparing are you getting getting my point so everyone they they do 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 have such kind of doubts in their mind right that maybe i'm doing less and uh, it is something called as fomo fomo that is fear of missing out right and as human it is natural it is seen everywhere everywhere in every field there is fomo right but the need, the pro, the pro, problem here is you need to tackle it and you need to calm yourself down and you look at the time you look at the time how much you have and do as much as possible in that time and if you take time as a limiting factor then you would understand that you don't have much considering that the number of subject is huge 19 and each of them is uh, you know monstrous in its own uh, volume that you have to cover from nowadays especially with the clinical aspect all right you guys coming to the next round it has been asked by mohammad farhan is asking sir what is the drug of choice for nocturnal aneurysms tca or desmopressin see mohammad uh, currently the drug of choice is desmopressin and uh, tca they can be used but they are not the first line drug because of side effects right tca like imipramine can be used but it is not that preferred so desmopressin is the currently drug of choice uh kpch dr kp is asking sir what is steroid card say so steroid card is a document where now some hospitals what they do 
they make a steroid card in which they document how much steroid is given to that patient at what dose on what date so that if the patient if the patient goes to some other facility for some other treatment after you know in the nearby future let us say in 2 3 months then he can produce that steroid card and the doctors they would get an adequate information of uh, which steroid how much steroid he was on was it tapered down or not the reason being see what happens sometimes um if patients are on steroids for long term and if it is not adequately tapered down then there can be adrenal insufficiency and how how it creates a problem because uh, if the patient is having some kind of emergency infection in that case what happens uh, your um, adrenal glands which are suppressed they are not able to produce adequate amount of cortisol right supra physiological level that is required in some disorders so for that condition it would be helpful for the patient Alright, next note has been asked by Rithvik Patnaik is asking, sir, I have a doubt. Uh, clonidine is alpha two agonist. Why is it called central sympatholytic? See, central sympatholytic. See, it is alpha two agonist. So, if you look at it, it stimulates um, um, a receptor of sympathetic nervous system. So, probably you are thinking we should call it sympathomimetic. But no, the reason being it is a presynaptic receptor, right, in your central nervous system. and because of stimulating alpha 2 receptors what it does it decreases release of norepinephrine and that actually blocks the sympathetic nervous system down the line right so that is why it has a central sympatholytic effect so i'm going into the effect not on the action so if if you look at the action it is a stimulatory effect on your sympathetic nervous system on the receptor but if you look beyond the receptor the effect is not sympathomimetic it is rather, rather sympatholytic Second out is asked, can digoxin be used in acute CHF? No, I have told you categorically in my classes, guys. Digoxin is never, never, never used in acute CHF. In acute CHF, we use inotropes, which are sympathomimetics mostly, or we use phosphodiesterase inhibitors. Digoxin is never, never used. Digoxin is only used in chronic CHF. All right, uh, coming to the next doubt, guys. Uh, it has been asked by a student. sir i have for the last 2 years i prepared all the videos from mero and during the internship uh, i want to work hard and get a good rank so what should be my strategy with regards to revision q bank gt see what you need to do is you need to look at the time period so i always ask you guys to make a time table suppose you you take i always ask you to take the gen 5 first year exam day right So exam would be on Jan seven, Jan eight, Jan ten. Does not matter. Take your exam date as Jan first, right? And whatever days are remaining, do not count them. Always keep them as reserve days. They act as cushion, right? So whenever you are ill or something else happens, those days you can borrow from there. So make a timetable considering Jan one would be your exam day, and based upon that, see how many months you have, and in those months, see how many days you have. and then those days divide those days into different 19 subjects and make a timetable make a timetable how you are going to cover each and every subject each and every day you should know that today this is my goal right you should not go blind right you should be able to see that today this is my goal in the next 2 hours this is what i need to complete along with that right you need to practice mcqs daily as well so 2 to 3 hours of mcq practice if you can afford or at least 1 hour plus grand test you should give at least two grand tests in one month because you have covered your course so take your your basic source should be your notes plus q bank plus grand test so revise keep revising your notes then give two grand test and side by side one to two hours of q bank and you are good to go um 
pedipest medico is asking sir there are more chances of covid related mcqs that can be asked uh, and where to get this uh, uh, information see if you know dr mukmohit uh, his uh, psm faculty he has recently posted in detail about uh, a few pages everything from a to z regarding covid right so you can go through that page he has posted in uh, merolings uh, group as well so go through that and as i have said in covid what they can ask you mostly is about microbiology right and second they can ask you about the management part that is medicine whatever we know how do we manage them and third they can ask you about the radiological aspect as well pharmacology they won't be asking you much because we don't have any specific drug as of now right so there are few drugs which are used but then their uh, efficacy is questionable like remdesivir favipiravir right if you ask me i think these are all flukes that we are using them but they don't have much effect right so concentrate on that and go through those pages which which has been posted by dr mukmohit and i think that would be more than enough uh all right guys so that's all in the doubt section and uh, if you have any such kind of doubts guys you can always let me know in the comment box and uh, i'll be more than happy to incorporate your doubts in the upcoming farm cars take care bye bye this was dr anjali with you